There's nothing in the world that can come against you when fear is not there. Six five two five. The power of purity, maintaining a clear conscience and a pure heart before God. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. <laughs> Who is this God? Who is this God? How does he look? Have you ever wondered, how is this kingdom? How would it be? Who is this God who created the heavens and the earth? Who is this God? We come today to worship. Do we know him? Who is this God? Before there was heaven, before there was the earth, before there was God, do we know this God? Jehovah Jireh, our provider, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, from everlasting to everlasting, we say those words, but do we know this God? Do you want to know this God? Are we seeking this God? Are we seeking the God Almighty, the one who departed to see God Almighty, El Shaddai? The same God yesterday, today, forevermore. From everlasting to everlasting, that's who God is. Do we want to know God Almighty, the one who given us breath of life? Who is this God? It's bringing me to my message title, The Power of Purity. The power of purity, maintaining a clear conscience and a pure heart before God. A pure heart before God. The open verse comes from Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. And it reads, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The power of purity, a clear conscience, and a pure heart before God. Power of purity to me is like a freedom release of pure peace that derives from a state of brokenness with a rewarding and renewed heart towards the kingdom of God and his righteousness, breaking the chains that has changed and lifting the burdens of our lives. The power of purity allows a few things in our lives. The power flow of God's righteousness to rule in our hearts, give us compassion for others, praying for people, understanding their circumstances, allow us to be more aware of his Holy Spirit, in his holy presence, to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It allows us to develop a great hatred towards sin, which must be requested by the Holy Spirit. It allows us to pursue after righteousness and holiness and take away those unrighteous desires of the world. Also, it is a richest Bible study with the Holy Spirit. It enhances the power of worship. It's a freedom to worship. That's a freedom to praise and to prayer. That's a, a more intense prayer life. We have a power of purity. 
before God. The Bible said the prayer of the righteous availeth much. When we had a purity, it availeth much. Goes right to the throne of God. And it allows us to seek God with a pure heart. David had a pure heart, seeking God, a heart after God. You can't have a corrupt heart after God. He'll see holy. Purity, tear down those walls and allow you to force into his presence. The question is, do you really truly want to know God? Because God is more than what we've read about, what we've seen, or even heard about him. He has a plan for our lives that can only be revealed by us pressing his presence. But it begins with us having a what? A clear conscience and a pure heart as children of God. To know God or to get closer to him, he has to do what? He has to draw us near to him. He has intention of sanctifying our heart when he does. And the process in which he does it is called purification, which involves adversities, those deep valleys, high mountains, trials, tribulations, and our testing of our faith. Now, this is a part of the process that cleanses our hearts from all unrighteousness, which shines a heavenly spotlight on his sins and our hidden motives. But it comes with spiritual growth, promotions, purpose, plan, and promise. It's not an easy process. It's a necessary process in order to obtain a pure heart before Almighty God. I'm going to move into the seven continual steps to obtaining and maintaining a clear conscience and a pure heart before God. I'm going to go through the book of Exodus. I'm going to go in and talk about life of Moses and Israelites down in Egypt and out of Egypt. And the steps will be given in suffixes, I-N-G, which signifies continuation process, things that we must do each and every day. It must become part of our lifestyle. First one is turning, turning, turning from in order to turn to. Who and what are we turning to in our difficulties if it's not God? If it's not God, who are we turning to? In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, you know this verse. It says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, turn, then, he says, I will heal them from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now, we know that in order to receive the greatest salvation, we had to surrender our lives and turn to God. But it shouldn't stop there. For most people, it does. God wants us to turn to him first, to acknowledge him in all of our ways. He wants us to come before him with an open heart, prepared to express and to receive from him our every need. Oftentimes, God has to allow difficulties into our lives or to get our attention. Now, I'm going to go into Exodus chapter 1 and 3. We're talking about Moses. Moses, here we're talking about the burning bush, where Moses was tending to the flocks outside the mountain of God. Moses was tending. He was busy. But he saw the burning bush that was not being consumed. So he turned aside. Before Moses turned aside, there were some things happening in Egypt. In order for him to be a necessary person, to deliver the people, what happened in Egypt? The king of Egypt that did not know Joseph turned against the children of God. And then the children of God, what? Turned to God in prayer because of the affliction, because of the bondage that they was in. So they turned. So if he hadn't turned against the children of Israel, Moses would not have turned to God. So God had to cause a situation, a purification, so to speak, to happen. 
for them to turn. So you can imagine Moses going down to Egypt without turning. He go down and the children is having fun. They're okay. They were like, get out of here, Moses. We don't need you. Because of the affliction, because of the, the process they was going through, the slavery they was going through. They was willing to leave. They was ready to leave, and God knew that. So turning. So what is in your life that God has turned against you, that causing you to, to seek him to pray? But you must know one thing. As Moses is going to be at the feet and the hands of God, he has a plan to deliver you as well. So you got to understand that. One of the terms that I want to mention about the children of Israel is they did turn to God, but oftentimes they turned aside and they continued to turn and turn throughout that history. But God doesn't want us to continue to do that. The question is, again, is what do we need to turn from or to turn down in order to turn to God, devote more time with him? Is it the TV? We have to turn down social media, long phone conversation, video games. What is it that you can think of that you have to turn down to turn to God? Okay, the second step is knowing, I-N-G, knowing Knowing God to be known of God. Knowing God to be known of God. A lot of God's children, of course, believe in God. They know he exists. They know of him. Even the majority of the world know that. But do you know him in the ways that he desires for you to come to him as your Lord and your Savior, as Lord and your God? When you begin to know God or want to seek God, it comes with a different approach through the throne of grace. You must have a deeper desire to know God, be willing to be vulnerable in his presence. And when you do that, that will be a spiritual encounter. God will give you deep revelation in his word. God wants to be sought after. He deserves to be sought after. And he is rewarder of those who diligently what? Seek him. Okay, let's get back to Moses. Now, we're going to look at Moses, talk about his first encounter. I want you to know that Moses and the Israelites did not know God. They did not know God. It was a time and a period that God was intimate with them. He was with Abraham, with Isaac, he was Jacob. But the Israelites, they didn't know him. And you will see as I bring it out, the points out to you. The first encounter with God and Moses was at the burning bush, of course. God called out to Moses. Once he turned aside, what did God say? He called out to him, Moses said, here am I. God said, take off your shoes. The place you're standing is holy ground. God was identifying himself. I'm holy. So what do we have to take off when we approach his throne? What do we have to take off? The lust, the greed. What do we have to take off when we approach God's presence? So God introduced himself to Moses. He said, I'm the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your father. So Moses did what? Moses hid his face in reverence because he was afraid to see God's face. He didn't know God, but something inside. He's holy. I had to turn aside. So God continued to talk to Moses. He gave Moses instruction to go down to Egypt to tell Pharaoh to let my people go and tell the elders that their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob, had sent you. Okay, Moses, this is the point I'm making. Moses turned and said, okay, I will do that, but what do I tell him? What is your name? God said, I am that I am. Tell them I am sent you. That's what he told him. So he didn't know who God was. He found out that day who God was. Now, God continued to talk to Moses. He told Moses, he said, I made myself known to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as to God Almighty, El Shaddai. But God, he wanted this people to know him as Lord their God, Jehovah, the one with the great and mighty miracles, acts and wonders. 
He wanted them to know who he was. So God want to be known. Right? God want to be known. All right? So keep that in mind when you don't feel like pressing into God, don't feel like praying. He wanted to be known. He desired that. We're going to fast forward to Exodus 32, 33. This was when Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights, interceding for the people and talking to God. At the same time that these people was doing evil, they began to worship and they built a molten calf to sacrifice into it. And God was angry. He told Moses, get down to these people. They had what? Turn aside. God wanted to consume them. He wanted to not go up with them. But because of the relationship between him and Moses, and Moses was able to convince God to go up with him. And this is what I want another key point here was, God said to Moses, but thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And because of that, I will grant the request. He knew Moses by name, does he know us by name, all right? And Moses in turn asked God, he said, God, show me thy glory. Moses wanted to know more about God. Even though God had talked to him face to face, Moses wanted more from God. When you get into God's presence, you want more and more. What Moses was asking, he was asking to see God's face. Now, what did he ask him? God, how do you look? I want to see. And God said, nobody can see me and live. But I want you to go back to Exodus 3 when he was afraid to see God's face. And now he wants to see God's face because of what? Intimacy. He connected with God. All right, moving on to the Third step, repenting, repenting. Be quick to repent, to stay in fellowship with the Father. You must ask the Holy Spirit to sensitize your, our hearts or your hearts, taking heed to every conviction he brings into our hearts. Psalm 5110 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You also have to repent from the world. The world has a flow in one direction. They're flowing. And once you turn, you turn into a current. You have to resist that current to go the other direction. And that's what God wants you to do. Turn against the world. Turn from the world and turn to him. You must develop a repenting heart through confection of our sins, which allow God to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, including sins known and unknown. When you're in a situation where you turn aside, you're in a simple situation and you're dealing with it, continue you confess it, Lord, I, I, I messed up on that one. Go back and do it again, Lord, I messed up on it again. He's cleansing you. That conviction still coming. You're still coming. But you're doing it and you're coming and you're doing it and you're coming. Eventually, eventually you'll be cleansed. Can't deny it. You have to confess it. Number four, step four is presenting. Giving yourself away daily. This is asking God to reveal ways of helping you to empty yourself of worldly attitudes that you develop over the course of your life. You have to honor God by living a life of sacrifice. It's through his word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you in every affairs. Our spirit must come into full agreement with the Holy Spirit, working together to dominate what? The flesh, the old self, and to override what? The soul. We must take Take your position of holiness. 1 Peter 1.16 says, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. This is to take the very character of God, which happened as you continually come before him in his presence, meditating day and night. Day and night, you must meditate day and night. Number five, delighting, delighting. All right, that's the key one. Finding joy and great pleasure in his presence. Psalm 37 
Verse 4 reads, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Now, this brings about a heavenly focus on the greatness of God. God is awesome. He wants to be known. He wants you to know his awesomeness. Delighting in his presence, delighting in God's presence, what happens? It burns away the house of pride. Well, out of the ashes of pride rises what? Humility. That's what he wants, humility. Another key point, abiding with great delight. In the things of God, in the word of God, abiding with great delight. John 15, 7 reads, If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall what? Ask what you will, and it what? Shall be done unto you. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody getting something today? Are we, are we learning? Praise God. Praise God. Step six is battling. This is warring, spiritual warfare, battling. Why? Shielding our minds and hearts from the constant attack of the enemy, the devil. The devil is real. Satan is real. How do we do that? Okay. By first, submitting and resisting. Submitting and resisting. James 4, 7 reads, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will what? He will flee from you. He's got to submit and resist. Submit and watch him resist. All right? Watch him flee. Another point. You must become a forgiver. It's okay to give your time, tithes, offering, but become a what? Forgiver. Because forgiveness must be maintained and protected in our hearts through the love of God. Forgiveness is key to that pure heart. It's a key to also to lock it back down. So we want to keep it open. And to do that, we must challenge all unrighteous thoughts and wicked imagination that comes in our mind. 2 Corinthians verse 10 and 5 says, Casting down imaginations in every high thing that is all of itself, against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought in obedience to Christ. Every thought. How do we do that? A couple ways. I've done it like this. I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. You had to say it within yourself sometimes. They may think you're crazy. I rebuke that thought and carry this thought down. You know, within yourself. But today we're going to make it interesting. We're going to break out the remote control. We're going to break out the remote control. We're going to channel our mind, thought process. So when you get a thought of fear, change that channel. Doubts, change that channel. Worry, change that channel. If you alcoholic, you just packed by the package store, you got to change that channel. If you've been delivered from pornography, you got to change that channel. When revenge and anger come to your mind, you got to change that channel. Now, we're going to pause up for a second and talk about the meditation. Anybody want you to meditate on some stuff that is in your past? Say, for example, you had a girlfriend, ladies, named Janie B. Janie B was your friend and she betrayed you. That's been five years ago. You and Janie, you talk a little bit. All of a sudden, you clean the house up. You think about what she did, and you start to meditate on that thing. You start getting angry. You know, Janie know better than that. Janie, Janie my friend, Janie, Janie should have never done that. You got nothing to say to Janie. Then you, Janie come over, you look at Janie crazy. You know better than that, Janie. <laughs> the meditation got into the heart. So we want to keep the meditation now so Janie can be all right. Janie B can be all right. If you have a craving of a food, your mind to get some pig feet, you got to change that thought. <laughs> huh? Get that midnight craving, and your craving thought was to go and get some ice cream and cookies. Some of y'all got to change that thought. Maybe a struggle. 
Now, the co-workers, you got a co-worker that you've been dealing with for a few weeks to get on your nerves and y'all going back and forth and Holy Spirit said, change that channel. The devil said, don't change that channel. And they write that with you and you're talking to them. So I'm getting tired. Change that channel, child. The thumb go up higher and higher. Change that channel. I ain't change that channel. Look at him. Can't take this, Lord. Then you go like that, dropping the mic. I ain't changed no channel today. It's on. You go way back and repent again later on that night. So you got to what? You got to change that channel. Okay. Now, step number seven is trusting. Trust the plan of God that he has for your life without what? Without reserve, without a backup plan, without plan B. Some people say, well, I'll follow God and get that backup plan just in case it don't work. God know the heart. Know the heart. You can't fool God. You got to understand that God's main motive in growing our trust is to stamp out the spirit of fear. It is God who establishes our trust in him through difficulties in order to what? To prove himself trustworthy. God places us in tough predicaments that cause us to either trust him for victory or to faint in defeat. He pushes you in a position at some point where victory is nearby. You have to trust him. There's no way out. You can't move. I got to trust him. And then you'll see the door open. He puts you in a position of trust. What he's doing, God is actually asking us to launch out into the deepness of his love by committing our total trust to him. Psalm 6410 says, The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him. All the upright in heart shall glory. Trusting God is not an easy thing to do. That's why he has to walk us through it step by step. He has to show us, has to prove itself in different areas of our life. And once you trust God, fear vanishes. It goes away. There's nothing in the world that can come against you when fear is not there. Knowing that God is the sovereign God of the universe. In closing, God wants us to be that burning bush. That burning bush. When God's eyes are looking in the earth, and he's looking for someone he can use in a mighty way. He's looking and he's walking and he see a burning bush, his child burning bush. He look aside. But what he notices, his child is burning but not being consumed by circumstances. His child is burning but not being consumed by debt. His child is burning but not being consumed by trials and the tribulation. His trial is burning but not being consumed with the past regrets. His child is burning, not being consumed by that old divorce. Things that happened that always broke him, they're not being consumed. And it brings a smile to God's face when God can look and he can see the heart is burning toward him. You're coming. You're coming. I'm burning, but I'm still coming, Lord. I'm still coming. So be that burning bush that is not being consumed. I pray that you learn something today about purity the power of purity, having a clear conscience and a pure heart before God Almighty. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was the message titled, The Power of Purity, subtitled, Maintaining a Clear Conscience and a Pure Heart Before God, by Ringo Johnson.
This message is number 6525, that's 6525. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 6525 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Brothers of the Word